The reading is from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creation that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is Sue Collinson. For those who don't know me, I'm a licensed lay minister here on the staff team. Let's start with a prayer. <clears throat> Creator God, we pray that we would hear your voice speaking to us today through the story of creation. Amen. <clears throat> God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. There was evening in the morning, and that was the sixth day. And our reading starts with that sentence, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. It's glorious, isn't it? The whole work of creation in one sentence. Magnificent. So to recap on the last few weeks, perhaps if you haven't been with us or just if you need reminding, God's creative work was done in three days and then three days. So for the first three days, as we can see, day one, two, and three, God created order, structure, order out of chaos. And then the next three days, days four, five, and six, he filled what he had created. He filled it and he gave the created order meaning and purpose, beauty and life. And I think it's worth just pausing here for one moment before we leap on to day seven. Because as God's image bearers, it's good for us to reflect on how we can mirror God's creative work. So think about the times when you perhaps bring order out of chaos. Could be in a child's bedroom, or in your loft, or on a, micro, on a Word Excel sheet. Is that right? I don't, you can tell that I don't do that. But somebody, somebody brings order to those sorts of documents and systems. And what about days three, four, and five? Uh, uh, no, four, five, and six. What about the next three days? When are the times in our lives when we bring meaning and purpose, perhaps through our relationships, through our creativity, through the work we do, or perhaps just simply through filling our families with food? So God saw that all that he had made, and it was very good. The morning, there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. And that feels a little bit like the story is complete, doesn't it? Even the diagram looks nice and complete. But, and this is a really big but, perhaps the diagram should look a little bit more like this. Because as Simon said when he preached on the sixth day, that is not the end of the creation story. We are not the climax of the story. The seventh day is the climax. Everything has been leading up to the seventh day. Yes. 
The seventh day is the goal of creation. The author really wants us to see this, and it would be helpful now if we all spoke a little bit of Hebrew, but probably we don't. But if we did, we could see how the number seven is woven through the creation story. Of course, there are seven days of creation. There are seven announcements that the creation is good. There are seven Hebrew words in the first verse. And then there are two times seven Hebrew words in the second verse. And then the verses that we are looking at now The first line has seven words, the second line has seven words, and the third line has seven words. And this melody of seven echoes throughout the biblical story. It comes back time and time again, like the theme music. It's as though God wants us to always be reminded of this word, of this number seven, because seven symbolizes completeness, wholeness. It's the perfect number. So the seventh day is where it's at. That is the significant day. And on the seventh day, God rested. It's a staggering thought, isn't it? That the God of the universe rests. God who is infinitely energetic and resourceful. God who never grows tired or weary. God rests. And God then gives his people the instructions on how he wants them to live, how he wants them to do as he does, how he wants us to continue to be his image bearers. So in Exodus, we read um, the Ten Commandments, and the longest of all of these commandments by far is the fourth. It goes like this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This commandment was given to help mark out the people of God as different, as distinctive. And that wasn't just in the culture of the ancient Near East. That was for all times, all cultures, all civilizations, including our own, maybe particularly our own. The seventh day is set apart as a day of rest. Now, we sing a song sometimes, and there is a line in that song that says, creation sings your story. And I love that line, creation sings your story, because it really does. Creation, the creation story, is not just the story of how the world was made. The creation story is God's story. It's the story of God and his people, of how he intends to live with his people and how he intends them to live with him. 
So we're going to learn a couple of things. I'm going to pull out a couple of things that we can learn, I think, from the creation story. The first is that the story tells us God rests from his work, but we work from a place of rest. So we hear that uh, the first things us humans do is rest. God does six days of creating and then stops and rests. We start from a place of rest on the seventh day. Yes, there is work for us to do and it is good. It is part of the good created order that God made. But primarily, we were made to rest. We were created to rest. And I believe this is because it's all about grace. It's all about understanding that we start from a place of rest. So taking a Sabbath day, taking a day that is set apart, teaches us that it is God who does the work, not us. Taking a Sabbath helps us to remember that everything depends on God, not on us. Eugene Peterson puts it so beautifully in this quote. He says, We wake into a world we didn't make, into a salvation we didn't earn. We wake into a world we didn't make, into a salvation we didn't earn. Creation tells us something else about God's story. Creation sings God's story in another way. You may have noticed that there is a line missing in the bit that we read of the creation story. All the other days have an ending. There was evening and there was morning, or rather it was morning and then evening, no, it was evening and morning, and it was another day, the first day, the second day, the third day. But the seventh day doesn't have that. The seventh day doesn't have an ending. This is because the seventh day is ongoing. It's now. It is forever, if you like. And we are invited in to this seventh day. The seventh day symbolizes... Sorry, we have the next slide, thanks. The seventh day symbolizes life with God. It symbolizes a Sabbath rest that we can all enjoy, whoever we are and wherever we are. So when we set apart a day as a Sabbath, we're doing so much more than just having a day off. It's as though we are entering into the whole drama of God, the whole story of God. We're doing as he does. We are being image bearers. By taking a Sabbath, we're remembering that God is inviting us to rest with him. It's his rest. He instigated it. And he is inviting us to join him in his enjoyment of creation. So just as he rests and enjoys and embraces, if you like, all that he has made, he invites us to do the same. So I hope we can begin to see that taking a Sabbath, taking this special day, 
is so much more than just collapsing in a heap at the end of a tiring week or putting our feet up when the kids are in bed. It is about taking a holy rest, a purposeful and intentional day to be with God. It's taking time to remember that we were made to live with and in God, in the grace of God. We were made for holy rest. So, how are we to do this? How are we to enjoy our Sabbath rest? How are we today in 21st century England to observe that ancient commandment that we read? Well, I'm not going to be prescriptive because you are all in very different stages of life, different contexts, different circumstances. Some of you will be retired. Some of you will be uh, with kids or without kids. Some of you might be working full-time or part-time or unemployed or studying. It may be that Sunday is a good day for you to take as a day off or a day of rest, but it may be that another day is better. So all I'm going to do is give you four words, and these are just for you to take away, to meditate on, think about, perhaps to pray over either in this service or with friends and family. So the four words are this. First of all, ceasing. Ceasing. Sabbath actually uh, in Hebrew comes from the word to cease, to stop. So let's just pause and think. What is it I need to perhaps stop doing or being distracted by in order to take this special day? What do I need to resist? What do I need to say no to? Are there temptations or distractions that I need to stop The second word is resting. Just let's think about how are we going to enable ourselves to find that place of rest. And that's rest not just physically or emotionally, but spiritually, mentally. What does that look like for us? What is it that we do that is life-giving, that gives us energy? How can I really find that rest that God so longs to bless me with? The third word is embracing. I love this because to embrace something, you intentionally move towards it and take hold of it. And that is what we need to do in order to get this Sabbath rest that I'm talking about. Perhaps we need to plan, we need to have conversations, we need to think ahead. How am I going to intentionally make this happen? What do I need to do to get my Sabbath rest? And finally, feasting. Don't misread this as it doesn't say fasting. It says feasting. Because... Sabbath rest is about enjoying. It's about enjoying God, enjoying creation, enjoying all the good gifts that God has given us. That could include 
his community, it could include his creation, one another, it could include the thing that you enjoy the most, that is God's gift to you. And of course, feasting is about worship, because worship is where we bring ourselves, bring who we are to God and receive from him by his spirit. So how can I make worship, the truest, fullest sense of worship, part of my Sabbath rest? How can I feast on that day? All of those four words come from a book by Marva Dawn. I wanted to give her the credit for them. So, creation sings your story. It really does. Creation is God's story of us and him. And he invites us to enter into that story, to be part of his story. He invites us to enter into that seventh day that he created. He is the one who made it possible for us to take that rest because God is the one who said, once and for all, it is finished. Just as he did at the beginning, he says at the end, it is finished. It is complete. On the cross, God proclaimed that it is done. All the work that is needed is completed by him. Because of Jesus, we can enter into God's promised rest and we can enjoy life with him, not just for one day, but forever. Amen.